Welcome back to Any Given Friday. We're excited to bring you Season 3, Episode 23, here on Friday, February 21st. We're glad you decided to join so us. So many 20s. So many 20s. Quite so many 3s, too. Yeah. Quite yeah, a few 3s. Yeah. If I had just tapped on 2020, it really would have put it over the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the shark, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Justin Hubbard, I'm the sports editor of Lincoln County News. You've already heard Will Petty, the editor of the Baldwin Bulletin. Uh, Will, how's your how's your week been going so far? You you enjoyed all this wonderful luscious rain we've received this week? Well, see, I always said my heart belongs in Seattle, so <laughs> the fact that we've had more rain in Seattle and Milledgeville this year is uh, it, I, I'm one of the few people happy with it. Everybody else is done with it. I'm like, bring it on, keep it coming. Yeah, I'm pretty miserable. I gotta be honest. <laughs> like I, I, just, I just I love the rain, so for me it's not a problem at all. But I guess with uh, baseball coming around the corner for you, uh, oh yeah, and soccer. Oh yeah, and soccer. Yeah, I, I I could have gone to a soccer game Tuesday night, but it was raining sheets. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I very uh, I I very easily skipped out on that game. All right, well we've got a loaded show today, and we're gonna try to get through it pretty quickly. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of college football. We've got some scheduling news that I know you are very excited oh, about yeah. uh, with the Georgia football team. And then in the NFL, there is a change that is, you know, sounds like it's going to take effect this coming season to the schedule and the playoff format and all that good stuff. And then we're going to talk about pro wrestling. Of course. <laughs> of course. I, I Just a, a preview, I binged about seven hours worth of wrestling on Sunday. It, See, I wish I could have, but like, I've been going off like eight hours sleep the last yeah. week because it was my son's birthday. Oh, wow. So Happy from, birthday, So, you know, from right? Friday to Monday, it was nonstop sleepover, party, go to Macon to do this crap, go to this place to do this crap. <laughs> so, well, uh, that's lovely referring to your kid's stuff as crap. Uh, <laughs> have a kid and you'll see what I mean. But, yeah, I, I binged. AEW and NXT all day Sunday. My brain was fried by the end of TakeOver that night. But we'll get there in a moment. Let's talk about college football. All right. Uh, Georgia football earlier this week added a, I guess, home and home is what we're going to call it. It's not really. It's neutral site, neutral site. Well, I don't think it's even a two games. Is there a two games? I thought it was a one game. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a one-off. Yeah, yeah. one year they're, they're going to play in Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Right. And then in another year they're going to play in Atlanta. Okay, so, yeah. And they're, Clemson is the team they're playing, we should say that. Uh, what do you think about this? I know you were uh, kind of excited about this development. So, what is it? how excited are you? What's the level of excitement for this, as opposed to maybe when they added Oklahoma or somebody like that? Not as big as Oklahoma, obviously. Um, Oklahoma, like, I don't think anything would make me happier than having a home-and-home home at Oklahoma because that means that – you know, for me, it means more than just a football game. It means going to see old friends. It means sure. see, having old friends come out here, stuff like that. But uh, you know, in terms of who Georgia could get as an out of conference opponent to like really try to boost their resume and their schedule, there, there's no better team they can go with. I mean, there isn't. Clemson's about as good as you can get, especially when you consider that the uh, only team that might be considered better right now is a conference opponent. So. I think with the next few seasons coming up and who Georgia has, it's just it, it, it's awesome. Uh, I like the fact it's being played in Charlotte. Um, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but like Georgia has like quite the establishment in Charlotte. I mean, it's not. I mean, people may think that it's more of an advantage to Clemson, but believe me, there's more. There's probably more Bulldogs and Tigers in Charlotte. Oh yeah. Um, so that that in itself is fun, and just 
the fact that the dogs are going to be playing somewhere that's not, you know, the usual three or four places, I think that's good news for them too. You know, it's not Jacksonville, it's not Atlanta, it's not New Orleans. I mean, it's a new place. So all that combined, and the fact that there's going to be a lot of question marks for both teams going into that season. I mean, it's a primetime matchup. I mean, I think you have to, outside of Georgia and Clemson fans, you got to think that just being a fan of college football, you have to be happy about this match. Yeah, it's a huge game, and we saw this the last couple of games they played against each other. When Georgia went to Clemson, it was a huge Saturday night primetime game. The exact same the next year when Clemson came here. It may, it may have been a 5 o'clock kick or something like that. Right. But it was still, you know, and, and this is before they were national title contenders. Right, right, right. This was before... I think, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think this was before This is Clemson. right before Clemson started getting hot. It was, and i tell you how I remember now, because the game against Georgia, Deshaun Watson played a little bit. He yeah. got hurt. We didn't know that until later. So, yeah, I, I'm very much excited. I think Clemson is sort of up there with Alabama as far as the standard for college football right now. And if Georgia could knock them off or even just get some experience against them with a loss – and, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt them in the SEC, of course. So, it, it, as far as getting ready for the postseason, because it seems like Georgia's going to be perennially right there, uh, I, I think it's it's a, a major plus, and I don't see really any downsides. The downside really is for Clemson, I think, because if they lose the game against Georgia, and if the ACC remains as weak as it is, that could be a pretty big ding against them, but... Yeah, well, but at the same time, though, it's early in the season, so they yeah. could recover. Of course. But I think the other issue, or the other thing you got to think about is I know two more teams that have to be thrilled now. Wyoming and San Jose State. I mean, <laughs> San Jose State is getting $1.8 million. They're getting the check and not taking the butt kick. Right, and they can go get their butt kicked by someone else. Yep. And then Wyoming can maybe go play Missouri and beat them again. So, yeah, so it's, it's a win-win-win all the way around, I think. Yeah, and, and Bank of America Stadium. Have you been there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been by there. I've never okay, been same there, here. I, I got out and, and kind of walked around the, the property uh, during one of my trips to Charlotte. I, I love it, and I think it's really nice as far as the I do think Mercedes-Benz is better, but also oh, yeah. Mercedes-Benz is newer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mercedes-Benz is number two for me. AT&T in Dallas is number one, but... Bank of America is a fantastic Fun fact about their field, though. You know, they have dirt from all 100 North Carolina counties and all 30-something South Carolina counties. That way, because, you know, it's the Carolina Panthers, and, like, the big thing for them is it is Carolina. It's not just North Carolina's team. I never knew that. Yeah, so I always thought that was pretty cool. That's expertise, though. Only somebody who lived in uh, the Carolinas for a little bit can... Could bring it to the table. Uh, the so, yeah, so. I, I want to clarify myself. The way I, I'm reading over this press release again, the way it reads, the only thing new that was announced this week was the Charlotte game. Uh, but they will play each other in Atlanta in, in Atlanta. They will play again in Atlanta in 2024 in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. This is the game where Georgia played, who was it, UNC a few years back. They're about to play Virginia. Virginia this coming season. So that one was already on the schedule. And so... I think that they should call this one in 2021. I think Bojangles should be the sponsor. (laughs) And so with this edition of the Charlotte game, Georgia is scheduled to play Clemson six times over the next 14 seasons. So... It's, it had been a while back in, what was that, 2013, 14, yeah. when they played each other. It's been a back while Back in the 80s, then. it was like every year. Yeah, 
We're about to get back to some more traditional scheduling between these two teams. It's very, very exciting. I'm I'm too young to remember when Clemson was actually a rival of Georgia's. I, I don't have that perspective, so I've never had an issue with with Clemson. So My I'm excited to see them outside of that. Yeah, I'm excited to see the history kind of repeat itself with these two programs. Well, in other football news, this week we learned from ESPN's Adam Schefter that the collective bargaining agreement process is continually going with the NFL and the Players Association and all those parties involved. And it sounds like we are going to have a new schedule and playoff format. And so uh, I just want to read this off. Here's kind of what Schefter was reporting and what we expect to take place, I believe, this coming season. Uh, Yes, it would have taken effect for 2020. So, uh, it, that is assuming, of course, the CBA is ratified before. So here's what um, Adam Schefter had to report. So the NFL playoff field would expand to seven teams from each conference, and the regular season would increase to 17 games per team, and the preseason will be shortened to three games per team, uh, according to Schefter's sources. And only one team gets the first round by, right? Yep, only one team, this is what his article says, only one team from each conference would receive a first-round bye as opposed to the two that currently do, league sources said. That would mean a revised postseason schedule that includes six games on wildcard weekend with three on Saturday and three on Sunday. So what is your reaction to this? Because it seems like it's kind of a, uh, I want to say polarizing, but maybe that's too strong of a word. Uh, that that's been sort of the reaction throughout the NFL. Well, I'm not gonna lie, I was I, I was a little slow whenever it first happened. I was like, "How do you go up seven teams? Like, are they gonna have a playoff into the wild card?" <laughs> and then like I, then like I was like, "Oh wait, okay, got it. All right, so number one seed off. I like that. I think that it truly gives, you know, one team. It it defines them as a champion. You're you're." definitely playing for that first seed i think it's gonna make it more competitive throughout the season because if i mean you're playing for that bye week right so unless you get far and away and you're like 14 and 2 at week 16 and the next team's like 12 you know 12 and 4 then guess what we're going to have um an extra i guess how would you word it an extra legitimate game Hmm. Um, so I like that aspect of it. Um, I think the other thing I kind of like about it is I like them adding the extra week and taking away the preseason week. Um, I don't know what that's going to do for fantasy. That'll be interesting to see. Um, <laughs> if we have Alex Jones in our group again, it's not going to mean very much different for you. <laughs> Shout out to him and his podcast, by the way. What's the name of it? I forget. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put a descriptor on Google. Sure. Or, or, or on, a, on our Spotify. <laughs> Um, but overall, I, I do think it's a, a good call. I, I actually like the decisions they made. Um, and, I I mean, everybody kind of hates the preseason, so it's good that we don't have to do that. And I think there's a lot of seven-seed teams where, you know, we look at it this, you know, this coming year. It's like, well, what might have been if we had this earlier? Right. Uh, Alex's podcast is called... The mailbox smashers. Yes, the mailbox smashers. So, there you go. Yeah, I I think you're right. From a fan's perspective, this is a, a big win. I think because you lose the frankly unimportant preseason game. 
the only, the only thing that matters about the preseason is getting their legs stretched out and working in some of the younger guys. That's all that really gets accomplished there. I feel like the XFL probably gets more views than the preseason games. Probably so. Probably so. By the way, we're going to get to the XFL at some point. I still have been too busy to watch it. I'm, I'm very excited to finally check it out at some point. Too busy binge-watching seven hours of wrestling. <laughs> yes, yes, and working, I should say. But, yeah, I, I think from a fan's perspective, you have to be happy because it will be there will be more action, first of all, more more legitimate action, more you know worthwhile action. Right. And I think you're right about the pressure it's going to put on some of these teams because we've seen in years past teams who have locked themselves into the playoffs, they're resting players, you know, two or three games before the season ends. Now they're going to have a little bit more incentive to, you know, keep those guys in and make these games more watchable, make them more important, more engaging because there's only that one number one seed, you know, or I guess only one number one, only one first round buy is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so I, I'm very excited to see what kind of on-field effects this is going to have. Now, for the players, you got to think it kind of sucks. I'm not sure exactly how they feel. Not many have spoken out about it uh, from my understanding, but uh, that is one more game that they're going to have to play. So I, I think they kind of have a, a downside to it, but for the fans' perspective, I think it's a big win, honestly. Well, I also think you know, it's one more game where you're going to be making a lot more money. It's one more game you're going to get paid for. It is true. So who knows? Maybe they're not as yeah. antsy about it as we would think. Yeah, you never know. I mean, the money could be all the motivate all the motivating factor they need. Okay, well, we said we were going to zoom through this episode, and we are men of our word. Uh, <laughs> I got to be honest. I mean, you, you can only talk so much about football this time of year if you're like me and you have not watched XFL. So uh, we got to talk about some pro wrestling. And like I said, speaking of XFL, yeah. Um, I, I did binge, I think, five episodes of NXT and five episodes of AEW on Sunday. I did not watch any of the matches, obviously. You have to you have to fast forward at some point. <laughs> and thankfully, AEW is still doing the Dark Order, and uh, NXT still has a couple of storylines that don't really interest me quite so much. So I, I didn't have any problems skipping through those. But I finally got caught up, watched NXT take over Portland. Did you see the show? No. It was incredible. Go back and watch it if you ever get a, a free moment. I know you've been busy, but uh, now now we're a little more, I, pre- I think, prepared to talk about AEW. Uh, we were both heartbroken to miss Wednesday night show in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Uh, but shout out to Brad Harrison who made it. Up Brad there. Harrison made it, yeah. Um, he's he's helped us, and you and me both in the past, with some sports writing. And also former... Uh, Morgan County girls basketball coach Josh Reeves was there too. So I was very, very jealous of those two guys. Very uh, lucky for them to be there for what was a pretty good show. The, the, the debut Atlanta show for yeah. AEW. I mean, that's the first time that Cody's come home since. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, we're recording this Thursday afternoon, but Thursday morning, the AEW Twitter page posted like a seven minute video of Cody talking after the show. He got really emotional. It's great stuff. Go back and watch it if you haven't Absolutely. seen it. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of. Cody Rhodes. I know that's not what they call him on AEW for legal reasons, but we all know him as Cody Rhodes. In my defense, I wasn't watching it because I was watching Georgia beat Auburn. Yeah, good Just dogs. like football. Good dog. We'd, uh, we, uh, we, we don't care for Auburn here on any We, we really don't. Especially now that Brandon's no longer with us. <laughs> um, we Cody, don't care about tech anymore because of Trevor. That's right. That's right. Shout out to those guys. We miss them. So many shout outs. All the shout outs. <laughs> well, shout out to Cody Rhodes and MJF, who are currently embroiled in a very intense feud on AEW. Uh, is this working for you so far? Oh, yeah. And, of course, 
Next week, we'll talk about their pay-per-view match and you know who should win that match and whatnot. But the build to this story is pretty much complete at this point. Are you satisfied with the story they've told? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the way they told it is uh, something that we would have never saw in a million years in WWE. And I think that the way they you know, built it in the way that they showcased, they were able to showcase their talents throughout it. I mean, I think that was just, it could have been done much better, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, the promo work has been incredible for this. And but what what is Cody? But the ultimate of the promo people in today's wrestling uh, era. I don't know about ultimate, but he's really really good. And and he course. had a broken face, and he had he he <laughs> his mask gimmick was the best thing ever. I forgot how much you loved that part. Of it. So can Cody Rhodes. I mean, the whole dashing Cody Rhodes, who else could have done that? I mean, yeah. it was like the reincarn- it was the reincarnation of Val Venus, and he made you say <laughs> Val who? Val Venus. Of all the wrestlers we were going to talk about today, I did not <laughs> think Val Venus would come. Hello, ladies. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I think this has been a great story. Um, the pro work has been top-notch from both of these guys. MJF is a great heel. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very glad that they insert him in this role the stipulations that he laid out for Cody made this really really intriguing and it kept you hooked in over multiple weeks or for me over multiple hours <laughs> in one day um, those those stipulations were number one Cody can't touch MJF until the revolution pay-per-view when they had their match um, and I just want to point out I said this a few weeks ago when this this storyline first started but Again, this past Wednesday, they put can and not instead of cannot. It just it just bugs me, man. The 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 grammar mistake there. Anyway, anyway, I'm the only one who did a proofreader. Uh, so that was stipulation number one. Number two was that uh, Cody would have to take ten lashes on live TV from NJF. Have you seen that episode? It was pretty brutal, very moving, and everything. So I thought that was done well. And on Wednesday in Atlanta. He had a steel cage match against Wardlow, who is MJF's heavy. So that match was awesome. Oh yeah. The moonsault off the top. Have you seen the clip of that? Yes. Okay, that was that Phenomenal. was incredible. Um, I just want to say really quickly about that steel cage. Did you get a good look at the cage and everything? Yeah. What did you think about the design of it? I thought it was very special. I, I like the way they did it. Honestly. Uh, it's better to, you know because every time you see it with WWE it's the same thing every yeah. single time it's like they take like a chain link fence and just like yeah you know but like I kind of like the way they did it this time yeah I thought it was very unique and I, I liked the way it kind of fit around the ring and it looked kind of like a combination of the old school WWE steel cage mixed with today's Hell in a Cell yeah. design I really liked it only thing I didn't like is right around the apron it was very very loose I, it, it just seemed like a design flaw to me but this is their first steel like cage. a little hazard so, yeah exactly I got kind of worried for Cody at one point because he went flying through the ropes I don't know if you saw the inside and I don't want to talk about this for too long but the inside camera view in the in the, uh, in the steel cage did you see that yeah I, I think that opens the door for some pretty cool possibilities. I don't think they pulled it off very well, but as far as a concept, I love that. Uh, I think it would probably work better if they mounted it kind of upward in a corner. Maybe they got someone from WWE's Royal Rumble cameraman to do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe, maybe. But the way it is, when the ring shakes, the camera shakes. So I'm not 
it, it, the production value was not very high, but I like that concept. I really, I really hope to see more of that moving forward. Well, maybe what they should do now next time it's not like a tripod right next to it, just have it just far enough that it won't. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it's it's a good concept. I just think they need to work on it, work on the execution a little more. Uh, and then the moon salt was incredible. So yeah, I was I was all for this storyline. I think we both were. So are there any other AEW people who are kind of standing out to you so far? Uh, no, you know, my, the whole reason why I started watching AEW were two reasons and two reasons only. Cody and Jericho. Yeah. And as long as they keep me entertained, I'm fine with everyone else. Uh, I will say I've been really impressed with Sammy Guevara. I think that he's been absolutely amazing to watch. Uh, the one person that everybody has a hype about that I don't know is Kenny Omega. I just I can't get into him at all. I don't I don't get the way they're presenting him kind of sucks right now. They're yeah. starting to do a little bit of something with him with Hangman Page as the tag chance, but I I agree with you. I don't get the hype so far. Not at all. But uh, no, I mean I just I mean I like what they do. I think their talent's good. It's you know it's not WWE caliber quite yet, but I think give them a couple more years and I, I mean I do see the writing on the wall this is going to be competitive they are going to be a good alternate and I think that they're going to do a better job than TNA ever did because they're not using old washouts like they did they're already better than TNA yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> but I'm saying like like as far as giving WWE some competition because I mean TNA had a one time thing where you know they had Hulk Hogan and WWE brought in Brett the Hitman Hart I mean that was a big moment for them but and, you know, I'm kind of waiting for that moment to show up for AEW, but I think that long term, AEW, I I don't see them ending anytime soon. I think that they'll at least have a solid decade run. Yeah, uh, Cody in that post match uh, promo Wednesday night did mention, and we already knew this, but he reiterated that uh, TNT extended Dynamite for at least three years. Yeah, so pretty pretty big. Uh, accomplishment for them right out of the gate. Yeah, MJF is one of my favorites right now. Uh, Santana, the guy who is also with Jericho in the inner circle, yeah. he had a really, really good sit-down interview with Jim Ross in the ring. Um, we'll talk more about this next week when we're previewing Jericho versus Moxley, but they've kind of had an eye for an eye, like a literal, if you haven't seen it, go catch up, where in kayfabe, they, they gouged out one of Moxley's eyes, and he did the same thing to Santana, and they followed it up the next week with an interview between Santana and JR in the empty arena in the middle of the ring. Excellent interview. I cared nothing about that guy, or I think it's Santana and Ortiz. Uh, I cared nothing about them. I do now after that interview. Great stuff from them. And I just want to say, I'm a Jim Ross fan, Yeah, but I, I, I think he's lost it. Tony Schiavone's kind of the the star of AEW right now, and I think spoken like a true Braves fan. I I think if they were to transition Jr. into more of that interviewer kind of guy as opposed to play by play, he would be a lot better. Because I don't know if you remember in the early two thousands, I guess it was Jr. did that kind of stuff backstage. He'd yeah. sit down on the couch. I know he talked to The Rock and Steve Austin at one point. I'm sure many, many others. And it kind of ended when he got you know set on fire by Kane. But he was really good in that role, and I think that would be better for him. And this this thing with Santana was excellent. And I just I just wanted to point that out. I still feel like he's kind of the weak link of their broadcast team. 
Last person I want to mention, really, really quick. I know we're, we're dragging a little bit. Britt freaking Baker. Oh, yeah. DMD. She has come on strong the last few episodes. It all ran together for me Sunday, so I don't know how long this stretched out over uh, because it kind of blurred at one point. But her promo work has been incredible. She's calling uh, Tony Schiavone Starbucks man or Mr. Starbucks, something like that, <laughs> dogging on him. There were two quotes from her. Uh, over the last few weeks in a, in a couple of promos. It might have been from the same one. I can't remember, but I, I love these, so I had to write them down. At one point, she was having an in-ring promo where she first started this little stretch she's on with dogging Tony Schiavone, and Jim Ross over commentary says, okay, we're enough of that. We're going to commercial, and cut her off. The next week, she came out and cut another promo, and she turned to JR, and she said this, and I'm going to read it verbatim. I know you know I'm a dentist, by the way. She is a yeah, yeah, dentist. Yeah. Uh, because that's all you care to talk about when I'm in the ring. You sit there all smug and pretentious in judgment of my division, of my generation. And you sit there each week and collect a very, and collect, excuse me, a very large paycheck while we do all the work. Be the legend I grew up on, Jim. Not the sloppy sauce sales rep. Who can't even get our roster's name straight. That was incredible. And at one point they were in Cleveland. You'll you'll appreciate this. I mean that sarcastically. At one point they were in Cleveland. And it, she ended her promo by saying. In Cleveland, congratulations. You finally have a baker you can trust in. Oh. <laughs> so my favorite part of binging all of this stuff is Britt Baker was Britt Baker and the emergence of her. They are finally building up another character, not named Moxley, not named MJF, not named Jericho, and not named Cody, who I can get on board with. I'm very excited about what she does in the future. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, switching over into WWE, let's talk about this build up with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. You know, what? Why are you thinking so far? Is is this? Uh, Taking the uh, Women's Royal Rumble champion to NXT, is it working for you? How Absolutely. I think it's been almost pitch perfect, honestly. The, the promo work has been great. The, um, the physical encounters have been great. It's been very intense. And it came to a crescendo Sunday night at uh, TakeOver Portland. Ray Ripley did defeat Bianca Belair, as we all expected. And after the match, shocker, Charlotte emerged and attacked her. Uh, and officially accepted the match that we all knew was coming. I'm very excited about it. I think these two are going to work very, very well together. Um, it's going to be a, a, an entertaining match. It's going to be a, a physical match. And I, I'm really excited to see where they go from here. Uh, a quick note about Bianca Belair. First of all, she's incredible. I'm a big fan, so don't take this as a slight against her. They need to keep her away from this storyline. Yeah. On Wednesday on NXT, she followed up with a very quick promo in the middle of somebody else's match. i got to say, it was it was pretty inventive. Uh, she came out and interrupted a match and cut a promo with Charlotte, and she said, I'm coming after you, and you know, basically laid down a challenge. She does not need to be involved in this feud. Maybe if they have a match one-on-one and we move on from Bianca Belair, fine. But they don't need to make this a triple threat and make the same mistake that they made last year when they shoehorned Charlotte into the Ronda Rousey Becky Lynch match. Right. That's my only complaint so far. But yeah, other than that, uh, if if that is what they are going for, that's the only complaint I have. Um, I'm I'm liking everything else. What oh about yeah. You? No, I mean I agree. I think that uh, it it. I mean we knew this was going to happen. 
and uh, I thought that the match against Bianca Belair was really well done. I thought it showcased both women's talents, and uh, I agree with you. I, I don't want a triple threat. We've already seen that happen before. It made sense last year. I mean, not not from a storyline perspective, but you know, you needed someone to kind of help with Ronda in that main match. Sure. This ain't the case this time. Yeah, last year they had an excuse. Yeah. So you know, what I would rather see is either at the pay per view before go ahead and do something quick, or your other option would be to have the match be at WrestleMania and then have Bianca then be that next person to kind of come out and. You know, maybe you know Charlotte goes back to SmackDown or Raw, and somehow that's where you put Bella on the main roster, and she comes after her, and you start continuing that story through that. But right now, the focus needs to be on Charlotte and Ripley. I completely agree. Well, one of our favorites, Mandy Rose, <laughs> is currently involved in a very uh, interesting storyline with Otis. Better than the Usos. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? You didn't see the Mandy Rose Usos little thing where it caused the whole. Oh yeah, goodness! I, I, I just forgotten about, about that, man. Yeah, that was, that was not very fun. <laughs> um, what do you think about this storyline so far? So far, I, uh, I like. It. I mean, Otis to me, I know a lot of people think of him as like uh, just a good, you know, mid card tag team guy, but I really see him as a good comedic character as well. Uh, he kind of, you know. Their tag team kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the uh, guys that were from New Zealand that did the Bushwhackers. Bushwhackers. Yeah, wow. it's, it's like the more modern version of the Bushwhackers. Yeah, I see that. I, I've, so I've just been a fan of that. And I uh, overall, I, I, I think that Mandy Rose and Otis, I, I think that's like the perfect funny storyline. <laughs> we always need some sort of comedy in our wrestling. Yeah. And right now it's delivering. I just but more more so than Santina Morella showing up at the Don't even get me started on Santina <laughs> Morella or Santino Morella for that matter. I'm worried about Dolph Ziggler's involvement because I got a bad feeling they're gonna just further solidify Mandy as a heel. And I don't wanna see that. I wanna see, you know, the, the happily ever after with the two of them. But you know it's not gonna happen. I know, but I'm just I there's a big part of me that's really dreading the way this is probably gonna end. But yeah, so far I'm really, really enjoying it. They need to stop putting Dolph in stupid storylines, though. They need to just stop putting Dolph on TV. Like, like I think Dolph's this close to going to AEW if they don't stop it. Like, I, I could yeah. see Dolph Ziggler be like, you know what, I'm, I'm gone. Like, I'm done it, with this crap. It wouldn't bother me, honestly. I, I've never really been a fan of that guy. I liked him for that hot minute when he won Money in the Bank, cashed in and won the championship against Del Rio. And after that, I've had no use for. Him, I mean, I'm so. not, I mean, I've really never been a fan, but like I said, I I think that he could be better served at a. I agree. At this I agree. Point. I agree. Okay, um, I think you and I both are on the record to say we are not fans of the Hardy Boys. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Well, Matt Hardy, uh, shocker, uh, has been heavily involved. Wow, showing your hand early. He's been heavily involved in the Randy Orton Edge feud the last couple of weeks. He's gone out and. Uh, been unceremoniously beaten up by Orton uh, as he's come out to defend Edge and everything and sort of berate Orton for attacking Edge the night after the Royal Rumble. Uh, so you, you, you kind of groan there. Is this not working for you? I hate it, but here's the thing. I know why they're doing it, and I have to respect why they're doing it because, you know, you think about Edge's career and who he's always closest to. I mean, it's there's three people, right? It's Randy Orton. It's Matt Hardy, 
And it's Christian, obviously. Well, I don't know about closest to Matt Hardy. There's some real life tension there. But you get what I'm saying, like throughout Connected his career, to, yeah, maybe. yeah. I don't know about closest. So I, so I get it. So like, yeah. I understand why it has to happen this way. But I just, I'm, I'm not super thrilled. Oh, I'm sure all the Lita stuff's behind them. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that none of them ended up together. I know. After right? all of that, they're all just, oh, we're going here, here, here. Yep. Which would be good for them. But, you know. Anyway, I I think it's working for now. Because one thing they cannot do is overexpose Edge. And they can't have Edge be the one to come out and... You know, incite stuff from Orton because they need to save some gas for WrestleMania. We still got what a month and a half. Oh yeah, we got a while ish until WrestleMania, so they can't burn through all of that. That is one thing, and, and we saw it to bring this up again last year with Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte. They kind of got through that a little too fast and spun their wheels to a, a certain degree. So I like the restraint they're showing, if nothing else. Uh, but I think they need to find new ways to keep Orton fresh. Uh, or else this is going to get tired because he can't just beat up Matt Hardy. <laughs> I don't yeah. like Matt Hardy, so I'm kind of living vicariously through it. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Why could it be Jeff Hardy? Yeah, yeah. Well, if he could, well. If we, we, we won't go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, let's pass that one by. Okay, <laughs> our last thing for this week. The band John Cena is coming back to Friday Night Spent. I hope he's using his old entrance music. I'd rather see Dr. Thug and Alex. <laughs> Uh, he's coming back tonight on SmackDown. Um, so, what do you expect from his return to WWE television? I expect we'll have some sort of WrestleMania call out, and I expect he's going to be promoting a show. But, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely expect we'll see some sort of WrestleMania match out of it. I don't know against who, though. Like, who. Who, who at this point would face Cena? It, it, it would not be a main event. It wouldn't even be a top-tier event. It would be a mid-card at best, I would think. Unless there's somebody that no one has thought of where it could be a dream match. But as long as Cena's been in the game, like who would be the dream match for us to see against Cena? I don't think there is anybody. For a while, and I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody. I know I mentioned this to you before. For a while now, there's been a popular theory that Velveteen Dream is yeah. going to be Cena's uh, WrestleMania opponent. And that would be a mid-card for sure. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, Velveteen Dream got beat up Wednesday night. He's currently in a feud with Roderick Strong, so I'm not sure if that's what they're going to do. Which, it, it, it kind of excites me. I would love to see them two work together, but at the same time, I don't want everything to be so predictable. I bet it's Heath Slater. <laughs> no, no, no. Jinder Mahal. We're going oh to get Cena and Mahal. <laughs> or better yet, he's going to go for that 24-7 championship. You know, last week, R-Truth lost it. had a match, and he used a bunch of Cena's moves. <laughs> <laughs> God, God help us if that is John Cena's WrestleMania match. <laughs> 24-7. No, I, see, I, see, I have a theory on what they're going to do with it, because this is going to be the first WrestleMania where it's kind of like a thing now. So like I could totally see behind the scenes during the pay per view like every like between every match during like the dull moments, all of a sudden they go backstage and there's R Truth getting his thing back and then all yeah. of a sudden someone else gets it. Here comes Slater. Here comes Mahal. Yeah. <laughs> Drew McIntyre comes up for a second. I was just about to say that he wants. <laughs> we we have our dream three MB reunion <laughs> at WrestleMania. Yes. 
No, well, I, at the end of the show, McIntyre holds up the the champion that, championship that he just won for Brock, and then Slater and Mahal come out with their championship, or whichever one of them yeah. has a championship, they have a big celebration. That would be glorious. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Bobby Roode. <laughs> no, but, but I think more likely what I could see happening, because it's WWE, XCR Truth, getting it back, and then him running around with it, and then all of a sudden, like, Brock Lesnar just mad over something, just, like, knocks him out, takes it. <laughs> but, but, but he doesn't even take it away, he does. As he knocks him out, he looks at Paul, he's like, hey, you want one? <laughs> Paul Heyman, 24-7 champion. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, if we book WrestleMania, it'd probably go off the rails. Yeah. Um, interesting note. The Bella Twins are going to be on SmackDown tonight, too. On A Moment of Bliss. Oof. And yeah, they recently announced that they are both pregnant. So what if it's John Cena <laughs> versus Nikki Bella's baby daddy? So the Invisible Man is... Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we're not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That would be, that would be pretty... Pretty meta and pretty fun. I gotta imagine they're probably gonna keep them two apart. I would, I would think so. Tonight. I would think so. Okay, well, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with Cena uh, and with the Bellas now. I might be a little more attentive to that. Uh, but that's our show for this week. We appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, we're gonna get out of here on that note. Kind All of right. a kind of a breezy episode this week, but maybe next week we'll have some more to sink our teeth. A little bit too. more meat, yeah. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back next Friday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Any Given Friday, the official podcast of Lake Country Sports. Check back next week for another brand new episode.